the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to Show Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, this is one of those wow, 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 wow days, you know, because uh, we got a guest, very, very special guest uh, in studio with us today. And, and, and yes, I did say studio. Uh, uh, you can check us out live on Facebook or uh, wherever you're watching it at around the world uh, uh, within the United States. Uh, whatever, wherever you're watching, I'll tell you, uh, get ready because you you. You got a treat coming your way. We got Mr. Mick Smith, the doctor of digital, coming. And I tell you, he's going to educate us. But before we even get to him, I have to always, uh, you know, say hello to my wonderful and beautiful co-host who's back in Texas right now. And, uh, you know, so how you doing, Michelle? I'm doing good. I am. I'm excited. It's it's hump day. It's Wednesday. And you're coming home tomorrow. Coming home tomorrow, looking forward to it, and uh, I tell you, uh, you know, I, I love California, though, but, uh, you know, I'm here with my good friend, my great producer, Todd. Sir, and, and, beautiful uh, day in America's finest city. It is, it is. And uh, But, uh, Michelle, uh, how's everything? How's our dog? That one's doing great. Um, she's just laying next to me. She just finished eating dinner. And um, she's doing good. She's a very happy dog. <laughs> she is very happy. But, you know, I tell you, uh, I'm, I'm excited about getting this show started. And um, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So uh, I tell you, uh, Michelle, I'm ready to get this thing started. Can you uh, please uh, tell our listening audience what the title of today's show and the purpose Yes, the title of today's show is Nick Smith, the Doctor of Digital. And the purpose is getting to know the background of digital marketer, executive, podcaster, voice actor, author, Nick Smith. Discuss the company WSI and the importance of digital marketing. Talk about his thoughts on the various strategies of success. And discuss the Doctor of Digital podcast. Please introduce this great guy to our listening audience. G. Mick Smith, Ph.D., is a digital marketer, executive podcaster, voice actor, author, and recovering academic. The doctor of digital consults with C-level executives and marketing managers to increase leads and sales. After starting on the Internet in 1994, Smith can address how the Internet started, how it has evolved, and most importantly, how to simplify the Internet to grow your business. Nick currently resides far from the Madden crowd in sunny California and joins his parents' first new car, 1957 Buick Special, hiking, music, reading, and writing. And listening audience, check out the Doctor of Digital podcast for tips, tricks, and hints on how to benefit from the Internet. You can hear marketing tips with a musical twist. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. G. Mick Smith. Welcome to the show, Mick. Welcome to the show. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you for it's that a- kind introduction. I'll slip you the twenty bucks later. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I said, it's an absolute pleasure having you having you here. Thank you, sir. And uh, listening audience, uh, I, just like I said, they, you are in for a treat. Mick, can you tell our listening audience where you grew up and how your family helped shape you into being the person that you are today? Sure. How much time do you have? Okay. I <laughs> grew up in northern New Jersey, and I was living in Newark. And people say about Newark, New Jersey, it's a good place to be from. In other words, we got out. So 
We did move a little bit further south. I did have the great fortune of being born into a phenomenal family, a mom and dad who were very loving, very kind, and also got out to California as a young person too. So that really did shape me. And I do think I go back to some of those roots. When we talk about Jersey as a way of saying, I don't have a New Jersey accent if anybody's listening, because when we talk in New Jersey, if I was to say 30 dirty birds, it would come out doity, doity, boys. <laughs> and I don't talk like that anymore. Wow. You know, Mick, can you tell our, our, our listeners, how did your life experiences affect uh, the trajectory of your life? Yeah, I think having sort of a sound basis of what I would always say, and I tell everybody the same thing, that any problem that I had as an adult, and which I do, and there are plenty of them, they're all my fault because I was very fortunate to grow up in a very well-structured and a loving, kind home, and I had two parents at home, intact family, and all those great things. It's something that is more and more rare each day. But I was very fortunate. So just for the luck of the draw, you know, God put me in a good place. And when I think about my family, I go back to them. Sometimes in my mannerisms and the way I talk and what I say, I go, yep, that's dad. Or I go, oh, that's mom, because I can see that I'm kind of that 50-50 product of a very loving, kind, and fortunately religious home because we were brought up with the church and brought up this was really important to us. So for one thing, we would go anywhere, and we were on vacation uh, we're going to church. I mean, it's just, that's the way it was, but those were the old days, and back in the day, that's how things used to be. I think we need to get back to that, I mean, because uh, Amen. We, we all need, uh, I believe we all need Jesus in our lives, and uh, we all need to stay focused. And uh, so uh, you're doing so many great things out there. Uh, can you uh, tell us, well, who were some of your role models, uh, you know, that uh, when you was growing up and did you always want to do what you're doing right now? No, I think uh, it's one of the things that you say, and you have to question how do you have a trajectory in your life. I think that when we grow up, of course, I never knew what I wanted to do when I grow up, and I still say the same thing, and that's probably why I've done a number of things over my life. I thought it might be more straightforward. To give you an example, my father was a factory worker. He worked in the same company for 35 years. He went into business for himself, did the same thing for another 10 years, and that's a pretty stable life. It was a hard life. It was a lot of work. And I thought, well, of course, I'm going to try to do something like that. Well, that never happened whatsoever. But I think keeping it fresh and also looking for always trying to wonder what you're going to do when you grow up keeps you growing and keeps you involving and keeps doing it to something else. So if I were thinking of a musical analogy because I love music, I mean, you can think of something like a David Bowie that recreated himself and went through various personas. So I think in life, you do the same thing because I've got my curveballs like anybody has and my hard times. That was one of the things that the novel is about, writing a book. I didn't think I was going to actually write a novel, but there it was. So things like that come up in your life, and you think your life is going to have this straight trajectory, and of course it does not. But I do think that I go back to those roots that I had. It was being brought up in a church and being brought up in a home and being brought up with parents who were very loving but disciplined and taught me how to be self-reliant. Wow, that's amazing. You know, um, I think a lot of us have grown up in families like that. So, you know, Mick, what made you decide you wanted to, you know, write and do a be a podcaster and also do digital marketing? I mean, did this um, come to you when you were, like, in college or, or later on in life? Can you share that with our listening audience? Sure. I'd go back to saying, you know, okay, I love where we are. We're actually in a phenomenal studio in San Diego. So <laughs> when I was a young person many, many years ago when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, I was in radio broadcasting. Now, this is in Southern California, and I really thought about seriously getting into radio broadcasting as a career. And so what they would say to me is, okay, you know, if you want to get into radio broadcasting, go to Kansas or Oklahoma or somewhere and work your way back. Okay, nothing against Kansas, nothing against any of those places, but I'm 19 or 20 years old, and they're telling me to leave Southern California and work my way back. I go, no, that's not really going to happen. So I started getting more serious, I think, about education and taking classes and really getting through college. And then I, my trajectory changed a little bit because I got really serious and became an academic instead. But I love the environment. I love radio because when I first went to college, there was a radio division and a television division. And they said to me things like, well, you have a face for radio. So I didn't take that personally, but I'd go, okay, I like the voice. I like the projection. And as an introvert, the podcasting and radio broadcasting is the perfect medium to get a message across, but not necessarily be on camera. 
Wow. Can you tell us about WSI? First of all, what does it stand for? And the services it provides and what your role is? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. WSI is pretty simple. It's we simplify the internet. And I'd go back to say, okay, I got into the internet in 1994. It was very early. It's, again, where the dinosaurs were roaming on the Internet. But I apologize to every tech person, every computer person I ever meet, because I was one of those individuals in the 1980s to say, oh, this whole computing thing, I mean, it's, it's hard to work with, it's clunky, it's too complicated, and people are never going to do this. Well, in the 90s, of course, things changed. So 94, I jumped on this early, and I was in education at the time. I realized that a lot of my students needed time and they were really pressed for time. So what I did is, all right, well, let's start some distance learning classes and put it online so the person would have the convenience of being able to be home or with their family, and it turned out to be very lucrative for them and easy for them to do. So I started to see that there really are some opportunities in the Internet in general and likewise in the company in terms of answering the question at what the company is all about. It's a great slogan that they have, which is global knowledge but local results. The best people in the entire world. We don't have anything that's a cookie cutter, but if a client comes to me and I see I need X, Y, and Z, I'm going to tell you here is exactly what you need. I'm not going to waste any money, but I'm going to find the best people that I can for you. And that's what I think the advantage of the company is. Wow. You know, I tell you, that is so absolutely fantastic. We, we got to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue this great discussion with Mick Smith. I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 1170 It's your life. I'm James Coley. We'll be back shortly. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of Jane's book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to this July from James Cooley. And I tell you, we got uh, Mick Smith here, and uh, he's educating our, our listening audience. And, um, I, I, and it's a lot of uh, things that uh, I think that we need to have an understanding. He just talked about, you know, education online uh, that uh, started back in the 90s until I really took off uh, during that time. And it's uh, really taken off now where almost actually almost everything, especially during a pandemic, is is online, digital, uh, stay at home, uh, kids stay at home. But you know, 
we're transitioning back to normal, Mitt, but but this yes, is sir. still important uh, to have an understanding of what a digital marketing, digital radio is, and uh, all the different things that we do. So, listen, audience, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Now, so you was telling uh, us what WSI stood for, and you, you you provided a lot of information. Why is digital market marketing so important? Yeah, it's a good question. So most people are running their business. So let's say they have uh, manufacturing widgets, right? So they're manufacturing widgets. It's a small company, and they know that they have to do something online because everything is online, just as you were saying. What they don't necessarily know is how things work with the Internet. The Internet is a very dynamic type of industry. It changes all the time. And what I've noticed way back when, it's one of those lessons I learned. About 2000, I worked for an Internet startup. So I walk into this place, I open the door, and I'm used to offices and buildings. And, you know, there's offices and there are separation between staff and management, whatever. Didn't work out that way. I opened up the door, and there were nothing but picnic tables. There were about 60 computers in there on picnic tables. I go, this is a very different operation here. Well, it was totally Internet-based. So point being, for a lot of companies, this is not something that they do. They don't know how to put websites together. They don't know how to run Google ads. They don't know how things are changing. And to be honest, you've got to stay up with this like every single day. Well, people can't do that. So if you're a manufacturer of widgets, you know how to manufacture widgets. You know how to hire people to make widgets. You know how to sell widgets. But you're not going to understand the Internet because it is such a dynamic place. And I think I'll bring a perspective to this, which is historical. Not surprisingly, I have a background in history as well. I'm showing and I can see how things were going to evolve and directions that they're going to go in because I've already seen this before. And I can predict how things are going to unfold. You know, so uh, what are some of the rewards and also some of the challenges that you have in this line of work? Yeah, I think the challenge is that what I'm stating is the fact that you really have to stay on top of it. So I consume information. So one of the things that I do, say, uh, Dr. Digital Podcast is I'm continually consuming information because I realize that people don't have the research ability or the time and the ability to wade through all that material and then present it or know it. So what I try to do is I provide that service for people. Say, okay, you know, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Because as things change on Google or on Facebook or whatever else is coming, I'm keeping tabs on that. And then I'm telling people. So that is one of the challenges. It's just it is a very dynamic field and it's changing every single day. So unless you're on top of it every single day, you're really not going to stay up with it. So there's the challenge and the reward is the fact that I'd say to people, you know, I take a client on as if it were my money. So I don't want to waste my money, nor am I going to waste your money. Now, this comes from my mom. It's a really interesting way that she approaches gambling. So she enjoys going and playing with the slot machines. Her philosophy is the slot machines owe her money. (laughs) Now, here's the strange thing about it. Now, my mom is so good at this, we don't ask her if she won. We ask her how much she won. She's amazing because she is able to get that from what she puts in. So my approach to clients and businesses is the same. You know, your money, it's coming to you. It's your money. It's coming. And everybody owes you. So what I'm saying is that when you make an investment in digital marketing, whether that's a website or Google ads or what have you, you're going to get money coming back to you. And it's going to come back to you tenfold or come back in a way that you really want to because it's there. It's your money. So go out and get it. Nick, you know, there's a lot of companies that, you know, do digital marketing. Um, What is your strategy for success uh, working with your clients in terms of, you know, them using digital marketing? And um, do you have any monetization tips as well? Yeah, I think one of the things I would say is it's just like a snake oil salesman. They'll say, you know, I'm going to guarantee you money. So, okay, I'm not going to say I'll guarantee you anything. However, there are some predictable things that will happen. So in other words, if a client is willing and able to invest a certain amount of money, you have so many data analysis tools and such detail that will tell you exactly who is coming to your site, what they have, what their background is, the demographics. I mean, all of these things, it's an explosion of data. So 
The point being here is that once you understand who and what your client is, well, now you're going to direct them. So in other words, I, I approach this, there's a phrase that I come up with, and I say, you know, people don't like to be sold, as they don't, but they love to buy. Yes, they do. And I'm not a big purchaser. I don't buy a whole lot, but I know the feeling. You know, you get a great charge when you get something to return on it. Well, this is what a client experiences. You have so many details to find out who they're trying to get, their persona. You're only directing your digital marketing to the people who are going to respond. Marketing is the right message to the right person at the right time. You don't need to sell. You don't need to hard sell. You just get the right message to that person. And that's what digital marketing does to you because you have such detail and such granular experience and data to go from. You're going to direct your attention to that person. Money's coming back to you. And it's definitely um, important that the clients that come to you, um, they do have an idea who their target audience is. But following up on that, have you ever experienced where maybe a client or two is not heeding your advice on success? And if that is the case, what do you usually do and how do you respond? Yeah, um, you know, like I just say I'd like to think I'm a fairly decent individual, but, you know, no hard feelings if you don't like me. That's fine. So I don't take it personally. But what I do is I'm willing to give away anything free. You know, data, the podcast is a great example. There's no charge. So what I'm doing is I'm offering something free. If you can't bargain for something which is free, I don't know how much more can I help you. I don't take it personally. And I think this is, comes out of life experiences. I've rocked and rolled and things have, you know, bumped me. It's like, okay, well, just move on. There's something else. So I never take it personally. And I've been attacked. I've been viciously attacked. It just doesn't bother me. I'm a low-key person. Don't respond emotionally. And if I can help a person, fine. But if they choose to go another way, by all means, I, no, no hard feelings on my part. Wow. You know, I'm just uh, looking and uh, just uh, doing our research. And you said you did some voice over acting. Can, can you uh, tell us uh, about that? And what, what does that entail? Yeah, it's, a, it's another good question. So here's one of the interesting things about voice acting. That's what I did the, I'd say early when you talked about New Jersey. Okay, I can do a New <laughs> Jersey accent, and I know what happens. Like what we did is we take all the endings off a word. So it's fighting, it's working, it's reading. There's no G's. So, I mean, there are things that are appropriate to Jersey. In fact, I knew it so well, I could tell you a Hackensack accent, a Newark accent, a Jersey City accent. But also when it comes to the rest of the country, so I've had examples where a person says, I need a Montana accent. So, yep, a little bit of research, I can imitate a Montana accent. So it's both voice acting, which is really acting, but then you're also recording. So I give an example of a client who had a family story and told about his family. So I had to really get into the emotional side of it and act and say, you know, here's a person who over the course of many years in his book was a younger person, the middle-aged person, and an older person. So it allows you to expand a little bit and have the accents and the things that are appropriate to different people. So it really is acting. And it's fun because most people, in terms of digital marketing, again, if you've got a book, well, my goodness, why don't you have an audio version? Because going back to podcasts and radio and other channels, this is another channel for you because people really like to listen as well as read books as well. Well, you, you're absolutely right, uh, and that's why, uh, you know, I, I wrote my book, and then uh, a year later I went back and I just uh, completed uh, the audio awesome. portion of that, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I need to start marketing, I just haven't had time, you know. So I tell you, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and some of the topics uh, that uh, – that you talk about. We can get this started about, about a minute before the break, but can you start it? Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's Dr. Digital Podcast. And what I was saying is it's a lot of research. So, I mean, I have an academic background. I read a lot. I analyze things. And so I'm giving out information. What are the top things in podcastings and audio? And I think my claim is there's the internet is going to be all audio. Everything's moving to audio. So I can do that. And the subtitle is 
marketing tips with a musical twist because I just happen to really love music. So if I throw in references to Ray Charles or the Beatles or Motown or whatever, don't be surprised because this is the music I grew up with and I love it and I throw that in there as well. And I also analyze a little bit of that. What was so successful about Al Green or what was so successful about Marvin Gaye? Well, I can tell you a little bit about how they were marketed. So I think it's interesting for people, but it's also a historical lesson and I hope people appreciate the good old music. Wow. You know, uh, you're teaching me. (laughs) You know, you're teaching me a a lot of things. And uh, we're going to have to take a station break. But we're going to come back and we're going to continue this great discussion with Mitt Smith. And I tell you again, if you want to be part of this conversation, all you have to do is pick up the phone dial 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on Smart Speakers and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And first of all, I want to give a shout out to Joshua Goldsmith for, you know, actually introducing us to this great guy that's uh, that's in front of us today, Mick Smith. Uh, for anybody who don't know, I tell you, Josh Goldsmith is one of the best financial advisors in the world. I mean, he's my financial advisor, and um, he is absolutely fantastic. So, Josh, if you're listening today, thank you so much, my friend. This is uh, this is certainly a winner that uh, you hooked me up with today. You know, so listen, audience, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Mick. Uh, prior to the break, uh, we was talking about uh, your podcast and some of the topics that uh, you talk about. Uh, you know, I tell you, uh, you do so many things. Uh, you are a digital marketer, a podcaster, voiceover, an author, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which one of these do you like best or most or how you go about uh, being able to choose which one of them is your career path? Because you're doing them all. Yeah, I think it's something along the lines of expression. I think that what God has done is he's made us unique individuals. So it almost sounds like a cliche, like, okay, well, yes, everyone is unique. 
but does everybody live up to that? And I think I've just been very fortunate based on what we were talking about earlier in my background. And it's something that comes from within. So whether it is podcasting or digital marketing or as an author or any of those things, I mean, I'm trying to live up to what God has created me for. And let's hope that by the time I'm six feet under that somebody says, yeah, you know, the guy did what he could. So that's the point. And I think that everyone has to live up to that unique creation that God has made them. Wow. Nick, you are an author. One of the many things <laughs> that you um, you possess. Can you tell us about your book and what made you decide to write it? Yeah, that's a, another good question. I'd say it's based on some real experiences. It is a fictional work, so it is a novel, and it's not a history. It's novel, but things that actually happened did happen, and I would always say, explain it like this, that the crazy, strange, and wild things that you would think couldn't possibly in a million years actually happen, happened. What I did was I put the pretty pictures and the words around it in order to tell a compelling story. So, and I did want to take this opportunity actually because Mr. Cooley was kind enough to invite me on his show. I've actually now launched a website for this, and this is the first time I'm saying anything about it publicly, and it was launched today. So, what has happened is meaning that this is something that happened to me, and I was just going back to what I said before, you know, it happened to me probably for a reason, and that's what I thought about this, that, you know, maybe I'm in the right position, and I'm in the position where I can tell a story that is reflective of a lot of people when they are raising their children, or they know children like this, and again, a cliche that children are our future, but you better believe that they are. And one of the things I did as a young person, I volunteered at Los Angeles Juvenile Hall, and it was something firsthand experience with gang kids who really needed direction. And that's what provoked me to start thinking about, you know, young people are really important. So the novel came about some really things that are very off the wall happened to me, but I wanted to tell a story, and I hope it's a compelling story. So it's coming out in less than three months, and I'm looking forward to that as well. We're definitely looking forward to that as well. Um, can you tell our listeners, what was the most significant turning point in your life? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really good question, and it, it's very difficult to look at one particular thing. But what I would say is going back to the roots and the foundation that I am from. So I could make my life in two completely different phases. One was childhood and one was adulthood. So I feel very fortunate in being born into the family that I was, the happy time, and I didn't necessarily think so because I can remember, God rest his soul, going back and forth with my dad a little bit, like, wow, what is wrong with this guy? You know, boy, this guy's got problems. He doesn't understand at all. But now he's gone, and I keep the car that you see, the picture of it. That's his car. It was his baby other than mom. And I go, I understand him a whole lot more now because my adult life is a turning point. It changed dramatically, and I found out just how fortunate I was because when life's misfortunes came my way, I was prepared, and that's what changed my life. The adult life is very difficult from a child, and I was very fortunate having a good one. I look around to help other kids and other people because I think I'm able to provide some direction to them that they wouldn't necessarily have themselves. Wow. You know, so I, I was getting ready to ask you this question. I think I'm going to ask anyway, uh, and I think you just answered that, though. Who is the most influential person in your life? Okay, here's why. Here, here's a tough one. It's, it's a really good question because I'm, I'm going to say my mom, but as soon as I say my mom, I go, gee, Dad comes in a really close <laughs> second because the, it was the team, and that's the thing. Uh, since my mom was a stay-at-home mom, my dad worked. He was a factory worker, and he was gone, and good father, great father, but he wasn't home as much. So my mom's my biggest influence. But then I look at it and I go, yeah, but it's really the team and it's really the effort of both of them and being so committed to my sister and I and being so committed to the family that there was no such thing where I'd ask mom something and then go to dad to see if I could manipulate one over the other. That didn't happen in the household because any question that you would have, it's like, well, what did your mother say? What did your father say? And they backed each other up. And 
both of them are very significant. So I'd have to, you know, give the nod to mom slightly, but dad comes in a really, really close second. They're both just really good people. Wow. You know, so a lot of times we have turning points in our life and that, uh, you know, have a significant effect on us. Uh, what would you say the most significant uh, turning point in your life that just woke you up and said, okay, I got to do this or I got to do that? Yeah, I think probably when I had mentioned I really like radio broadcasting, I really like the voice and everything having to do with it. But I got serious, so I could see now hindsight, I got serious about education. And I really worked hard, really hard, to go to college. So I remember like when I did teach, I taught high school students, college students, whatever. They would ask me, they'd say things like, well, you know, what was college like for you? And what was the partying like? And I go, well, let me explain to you how I went to college. I went to work at 2 o'clock in the morning. I delivered newspapers by car, and I would get off work about 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, newspapers, this was, again, back in the day, newspapers go 365 days a year. That means New Year's. That means Christmas. That means Thanksgiving. I didn't have any time off. I worked all night in order to go to school. So, no, there were no parties. (laughs) There was no fun. I didn't do that, but I was really serious about my education. My parents were loving but kind like i said they were 18 they got married and they said pretty much to my sister and i when you're 18 you know you're an adult so act like one and so i did and i got serious about education i said this is really the direction i need to go in and i want to know more and the odd thing about it because when i was a kid i would have been one of those kids they said not college material there's no question about it i knew kids going out of high school that really went to the first rate colleges so i knew bright kids but in my family, I didn't know anybody who went to college. Uh, that's how, you know, out of it we were. But I realized that this is really the way to go. You really got to get serious about education. And my sister, too, must have been listening to mom and dad as well, too. She eventually became an attorney. So we both went into education and realized that this is really the, the direction to go in. But it may not be easy, but it's going to pay off in the long run. You know, you just brought up a major point in, uh, about education and uh... And I can tell you that um, I've, I've been in school all, pretty much all my life. I mean, once I, I, you know, I woke up going in the military, and then I determined that there's a lot that I don't know about. You know, and, uh, and I try to encourage everybody, especially our youth and young adults, that if you really want to get ahead, if you really want to get a chance to know yourself, Education is the key. I know it's a lot of hard work that's involved in that, but uh, you have to educate yourself in order to stay abreast of what's going on. Uh, i got to ask you this question, just another wrench. Do you have a motto that you use in life that um, that keeps you going? And, and anytime you uh, get unfocused, uh, you think about that motto. Can you tell us about it? Well, there's a quote and a motto. The quote, it would be that he who much has been given, much is required. So you understand the biblical image there. So again, I was very fortunate. So a lot has been given to me, so I want to give back. And that's really one thing that I do try to live by. And the motto is John Lennon, speaking of musical reference, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Yeah, you know, things are going to come your way. And you can either get dissuaded, you can either get distracted, or you can lose focus. But if you have come from a background in which you can do things, which I've been able and fortunate enough to achieve, I know I can do it. And also bear in mind that things are not going to go right all the time. It's just life. So when people come to me and say, oh, this really bad thing happened to me, I'm like, well, it's just life. You know, The worst things in the world, you know, death, it just happens. It's just part of life. So don't take it personally. Let it roll right off you and keep on going. It's just part of life. So don't take things personally. Don't get upset. It's not worth it. You're you're dragging yourself down emotionally. Move forward. And you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, life uh, has uh, turning points, good and bad. And um, I think that we need to be able to see the good even in the bad times uh, in order to stay motivated and dedicated to uh, moving forward. Because the minute that we start walking backwards and start looking backwards, we find ourselves back in depression and doing things that we shouldn't do. So I tell you, great a great point to uh, end this segment because we've got to take a station break. But we're going to come back and we're going to continue this great discussion with this great man. And I tell you, 
It's your life. If you want to be part of the conversation, not too late. one 888 We'll be back shortly after the break. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. I, I think Michelle Mike is turned down. I can't hear it. You know, so uh, she was bringing us back uh, from the show. You know, but uh, uh, Michelle, you still there? Yes. Can you hear me? I can now. Bring us back. Okay. Well, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. We got this amazing guest, Nick Smith, the doctor of digital. And listening audience, if you want to participate and ask Nick some questions, please call in at 1-888-344-1170. That is 1-888-344-1170. You know, Mick, sometimes, you know, we... You know, we think back, most people, about, you know, the things that we wish we have, could have done at the start of our career, maybe things we would have done things a little bit differently. What do you wish you knew before starting your career? Almost everything that I experienced as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question, yeah, um, it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. I put it that way. So I'm going to talk about the stability of my family and what my dad did, factory worker for 35 years, went into business for himself for another 10. And from my perspective, it all looked pretty peaceful. I'm sure it was not. I'm sure they had their hard times because they certainly did. But almost everything in my life, I thought, well, it really didn't turn out that way at all. So what you think might be a straight way is really there's a lot of twists and turns, and you've got to just be careful of letting that stuff dissuade you and get you off the track. So I think probably having a good foundation, both morally and all of those things, that that's what keeps you going. And that's what it always has come because whatever has been thrown at me, I'm just saying, well, it's just part of life and I will refuse to look back. I refuse to go backward. And again, I'm looking at uh, people like my parents, what I, in, they were so inspiring because in some ways I'm kidding, but I said, they're kind of like country bumpkins, right? So, I mean, these are young kids living in an isolated area of Pennsylvania in a rural area, very small town, 4,000 people, and yet they had the gumption to get out of there and say, we want opportunity and we're going somewhere, and they did. And so looking back, I didn't realize that they were as successful as they were because they were always very down-to-earth, very humble people, and hopefully I've picked up some of that as well too, no matter what I've so-called accomplishment that I'm humble enough to say, you know, don't get too big on yourself because you're, you're just a person and you can be gone tomorrow. Uh, that is a true statement. You know, sometimes you can learn a lot about a person based on the types of books or novels they read. Can you share with us your top three book recommendations for the audience? 
Yeah, so I mean, I'd have to say not specifically anything in the Bible, but of course, this is the foundation. It's the foundation of everything that America and Western civilization is built on. So, an appreciation of the Bible. Another odd choice that I'm going to pick is also Nietzsche. So, thus break Zarathustra. And it's a very unusual work. And what he's done is, I think he really struggled with a lot of the things. His father was a Lutheran pastor, he came from a religious home. And a lot of people mistake him, but I think he was really struggling with a lot of things that people struggle with, which is the things that in life, because he had a very difficult life. So I think the combination of understanding the Bible and Western civilization, especially this phenomenal country that we're fortunate to be in, America, you've got to really understand the Bible. And then look at the other side as well, too, because it it also allows you to see that people don't necessarily look in your direction or understand exactly the way that things that you see, and they're struggling. So I have a great deal of sympathy with philosophy and understanding those things as well, too, because not everybody thinks the way I do, no one believes the same way that I do. And so then if I was thinking about a third book, as you asked the question of third, I would look at something which is historical in nature. So there are all kinds of things that come to mind. Neil Diamond's written a great book on civilization. There is Victor Davis Hanson, who's an ancient historian. So before I get too many more than three, I think I'll I'll try to hold it there because I've got over 4,000 books in my library and I can't read enough. So I hear you. (laughs) Wow. You know, so uh, you're doing so many things and uh, you don't set the the bar high. even for yourself. So what is next for Mick Smith? Yeah, I think this is uh, comes back to the novel, which I said, and I wanted to announce it on your show because you're kind enough to bring me on there. It's called Burning America in the Best Interest of the Children with a Question Mark. So based on some things that actually happened to me and very traumatic things, and I put the pretty pictures, the pretty words on it, but it's things that you wouldn't believe could possibly happen. And the website is out as well as today. Also, burning-america. It's about youth and how difficult it is to live and to have access to a mother and a father. So any of us who spent any time, like I did, grew up in northern New Jersey in urban areas and then came out to California, same thing, in some really tough neighborhoods, you really need to have access to mom and dad and unfettered access. So I ask people to be kind, be gentle, and if you're thinking about things that you shouldn't do, don't do it. It's not worth it because these kids are coming up and you need to help them out. So. The novel is based on things that actually happened, and I wrote the story around that. And the next thing that's coming out, it should be out in less than three months. It's on the uh, site. It's on the website. There's some sample cover store, cover covers for it, and I'm going through that process of getting it out there. I sat on it for a long time, so I really had to think about this. It was catharsis. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I said if it were not for God and the foundation morally that I had, I couldn't have survived. But I also sat on it for a long time, and I kept running into people. I go, gosh, that happened to you? And it's, you know a guy that has happened to? And I'm going to go back to this is the musical reference. Way back when, some of you may know Chuck Berry. He wrote a song where he said, you know, my uncle took the number, and he wrote it on the wall. And he said, what is he talking about? It's called, a song called Memphis. And he wrote it in 1959, didn't become a hit until 1963. But the key line in there, he says, the only person I know in Memphis, Tennessee, is my little girl Marie, who's only six years old. And why doesn't he have access to that child? And why doesn't he have the phone number that the uncle has to write it down? The key line in there is her mother and I did not agree. And so I really do think that parents need to consider the fact that you've got to have a mom and a dad in a child's life. And regardless of how they feel about each other, let them have access and allow them to benefit from mom and dad. Kids need both. I I believe that is such an important statement that you just made, um, regardless of what's happening in, in the, the parents' lives. Uh, a child needs both parents uh, to be part of their life. And, you know, so uh, what are some of the takeaways of that? Uh, say we have about three takeaways that you want our listening audience to disabsorb uh, from this uh, interview. Yeah, I think probably the things that we had covered. So if you're thinking of digital marketing, so just like anything where if you don't feel comfortable in it or you don't know it, you know, reach out for somebody. When Michelle had asked me earlier, myself or someone else, you know, because it is a difficult area. It's a complex area. Things are changing all the time. They're changing every single day. So look out for somebody. 
because when you have a good book or a good product or a good company and all of those things, unless you tell people about it and unless they know about it, they'll never find you. And that's why digital marketing is so important. Everything is digital now. Everything is on the internet and everything is out there. Another thing when it comes down to a takeaway, let's hope that people are kinder and more gentle because we need a kinder and more gentle world. And when you act in a more kind and loving way, life is a whole lot better and people want to be around you more. So that is hopefully another takeaway. And then I'd come back to just saying that the next project is Project Burning America, on, uh, which is a novel. And I'm saying, you know, if you have a story, tell it. And this is why I said I sat on this thing for a long time, about 20 years or so, but I've had too many people come to me and said, yeah, that happened to me. I know somebody in that situation. So I'm hoping that this is something that kind of turns people around and they read it and they can benefit from it. And we're down to the last minute or so. Uh, how can people, first of all, get your book? And, and you know, you said it's going to be out in three months. Uh, and how can they contact you if they want to reach out to you for your business or just reach out in general? Sure. I'm more than happy to reach out anybody who wants to reach out to me. So Burning America on Instagram, burning-america.com is the website. You can also get a hold of me at the Doctor of Digital podcast. It's on all the podcasts, major stations and what have you. You can also contact me with the email, Mick, as in Jagger, except he makes more money, mick.smith at wsiworld.com, or contact me directly, 619-389-336s, that is 3636. Wow, Mick, you have been such a wonderful guest, and uh, I am going to invite you back on, especially when the book comes out. Because I want to discuss that uh, in more detail, if, if you're available. Uh, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to thank uh, you for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. i got to always thank my absolutely fantastic co-host, Michelle Cooley, for always being there and doing the heavy lifting. got to thank my great producer, Todd Pirate. You know, most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking the time to tune in to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. We are always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you. Uh, and uh, we also uh, we we're looking for sponsors to help sponsor some of the scholarships for the J.C. Cooley Foundation. We need your help. We want to bless uh, several uh, high school seniors coming out. So I tell you, you've been such a fantastic audience. And uh, looking forward to, to talking to you again real soon. It's show life. I'm James Cooley. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.